Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And while I was still in the Navy, I just remember the first coaching client that I ever got was a Master Chief. He comes up to me in the hospital and he's like, hey, I'm 45 years old. I've been in the Navy for 25 years. Will you teach me what you do? And by the way, I'm willing to pay you for your time. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting. And here's the episode. All right, Douglas James in the building. Got a lot of fun stuff we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk AI trading, humble beginners, and his military background. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. It's a pleasure, man. Yeah, so taking it from the start with the humble beginnings, um, growing up with a lot, of, a lot of financial struggles, right? What was that like? Oh, man. So I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, you know, small town. Uh, well, New Orleans is not small, but I grew up in the Metairie and Kenner area. And my family eventually moved up to Covington. So between Covington and New Orleans, there's this massive lake. It's, it's actually the biggest lake, I think, in the world, maybe. Wow. Lake Pontchartrain. So it takes 30 minutes to drive across the lake. Damn. Yeah. So we moved there. Um, and yeah, my mom, she's a respiratory therapist. She, she's from Guatemala. So she came to this country to, you know, find a degree. And she eventually found my dad. They met at a bar. And uh, yeah, so growing up, you know, my mom, she did everything for us. She worked 12-hour nights, made sure we were on the school bus, mm-hmm. you know, cooked for us, clean, did all that. Whereas on the other side, my dad um, kind of had struggles, you know, as, as, a, as a, probably as a new husband, as a new father. Um, he was kind of gotten addicted to, you know, got an alcohol, stuff like that, bless his heart. But uh, yeah, you know, my mom made all this money, yet it was kind of shadowed because my dad just had all these addictions really and like gambling. So back, I think it was like 2015, you know, uh, probably a little bit before that um, because of all those addictions and gambling and stuff, my, my, we, my family had to file for bankruptcy. Wow. Chapter 11, right. Chapter 11. I think that's right. So um, yes, I mean, we were basically on the street if it wasn't for my grandparents and my uncle that kind of stepped in, they helped, uh, you know, take care of us, put us into an apartment, put food on the table, get us back on our feet. And um, to be to be honest, like, that was, like, the scariest thing. Like, because I don't know, I didn't know anything about money. Right. Like, you know, growing up as an adult now, like, it runs the world. And people are like, you're not happy. You know, money doesn't buy happiness. Well, like, I mean, I've, I've been broke. Like, we've been on the street. <laughs> like, I would rather be, you know, in a place that's comfortable taking care of my family instead of being in this really hardship situation. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So growing up, you know, I, you know, there was times where we, didn't know if we were going to eat like McDonald's, maybe, maybe not. And, uh, yeah, it was really tough, you know, but you know, now I have the abundance and today and I look back and I'm like, so blessed and, you know, thank God, no matter where I'm at in my nice. life now. So what age were you during that bankruptcy? 
I was probably um, 14, 15 years old. Wow, so high school. Pretty scary time. Yeah, because you're around all these people <clears throat> that their families are doing fine, and you're probably afraid to even speak up about it. Oh, yeah. To your friends and stuff. Yeah, super, like, not proud and, like, didn't even really understand, like, you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I see kids, like, showing up in the Escalades, going, saying they're playing sports on the weekend. I'm, like, at home dealing with all this right. trauma. So you had to grow up quick. I did. I really did. So did you start working at an early age to get money for the family? <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I, so it's funny. Um, one of my first side hustles ever, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. When mm-hmm. I was like 10 years old, I was buying like bags of uh, Jolly Ranchers and Jawbreakers mm-hmm. and an hour laters for like five cents each and flipping them for 10 cents. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so I, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. But like, yeah, I got a job as a, as a buggy boy. I worked at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Dixie, it's mm-hmm. like a, kind of like a popular grocery store, and um, yeah, I was I would help out my mom as much as I can, but I was also trying to make the transition because around that time, sixteen years old, I actually moved out of my parents' house and I moved in with my best friend's mom at the time, and uh, I really wanted to start kind of like my own thing and figure out my own way, you know. And then I eventually moved in with my grandparents, and they were like, "Hey, you know, I graduated high school around this time," and they were like, "Hey, you've been bartending." for a year you've been you know partying coming home at 4 a.m like you need to go to college you need to go to the military or get in the f out of my house <laughs> so yeah so i mean i graduated at 1.7 gpa no way i was i was the worst student actually i shouldn't have graduated high school i cheated off all the smart kids <laughs> um and obviously i had to move on so i ended up joining the navy so i was in the navy for 10 years after that wow shout out to the science of scaling podcast hosted by mark roberge brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO and senior lecturer at Harvard Business School, interviews some of the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling company growth. He recently had on the head of sales from OpenAI, and that was a very interesting episode on the future of AI. Listen to the science of scaling wherever you get your podcast today. Wow, 10 years. Yeah, that's a long time. It is a long time. Did you leave by choice or what was the ending like? Was it abrupt? Um, so five years in, man, I, uh, I, was, I, I was on this journey in the military where like I've always been very competitive. I yeah. want to be number one. You know, in anything I do, anything I touch, I've always seemed to uh, make good things happen. Now, am I perfect? Do I always make the right decision? No, I'm not. You know, I'm a human being. But in the military, I was blessed with leaders early on. I had a chief that groomed me to be an amazing sailor. And um, back in 2009, he put me up for something called Sailor of the Quarter mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., and I ended up winning that. Wow. It's a very, it's a very prestigious award, especially at the President's Hospital. So that really set the tone for like the rest of my military career. And um, fast forward over five years into my career, um, I actually end up making E6. If anyone, if you don't know, um, E6 is kind of like a higher level supervisory position on active duty. Like I can be in charge of uh, hundreds of people. Wow. And I'm like this 24-year-old kid. <laughs> so you were the youngest. 
young kid, and it takes the average person 13 years to hit that. Dang. Yeah. So um, I went on to deployment to Papua New Guinea, Fiji, and the Philippines um, as an E5, and we did amazing things like build school for schools for kids. We, uh, you know, built clinics in these, you know, really third world parts of these islands. And I got to tell you, some of that work was probably some of the most fulfilling work I've ever done in my life. I just remember um, on our last day, I think it was in Rojas City in the Philippines, um, I was a corpsman in the Navy. So I was with the Seabees, and the Seabees are the construction battalion of the military. Mm-hmm. So if they put a nail through their thumb or if they get hurt, I'm their medical aid, right? We were walking up the hill. We just had done two schools, basketball court, soccer field, all this cool stuff. We were walking boxes and crayons and books for the kids. Yeah. And right when we got up there, dude, there was like hundreds of kids. They had a ceremony for us. Wow. And they just ran up to us. I just remember, man, these kids hugging my leg, saying thank you, cheering. And it was literally the most fulfilling thing I think I've ever done in my life. Mm. So going forward, something with kids, building schools, like I, I love that stuff. And I think I just... I got end up getting capped to E6 on that deployment just because I was out there doing all the stuff that no one wanted to do. And it's the same thing in life or in business, right? If there's, mm-hmm. if there's somewhere you want to be, go do the work that people aren't willing to do, right? Right. So I did that in the military, man. And at that point, when I got back from that deployment, I realized, I think I've done all I can do here. I, can, I know the game of the military and how to make rake and make promotions and get awards, mm-hmm. right? I can continue to do that, be a chief or be an officer, maybe even a general one day. But I was like, you know what? I know this game so well that I'm bored. I'm not being challenged enough. And I realized that I mastered the art of marketing and sales. Mm. So I was like, let me try to implement some of my skill sets to convince boards of people why I'm deserving all these promotions. Well, let me try to do that on the outside and see what I can do. So I, I was up one night and I was just Googling, like, how do I make money outside the military? How yeah. do I fire my boss? Like, probably stuff a lot of people Google search, right? <laughs> and I end up finding, you know, marketing, this guy, you know, showing you how to rank websites. I got into that. And after, like, I think six months, I was already making my annual salary within a month. Wow. Doing that on the side. That must have been a wake-up call for you. Massive. So I really realized my, my value at that point. Yeah, because you weren't even aware that you could just make that much money on your own probably at that point. No, not at all. So as soon as that money hit my account, I'm like, okay, this is it. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm out. You know, so mentally I was checked out. Yeah. And it wasn't an easy transition, let me tell you, because I was already, I had four, four and a half years left on my contract before I could even get out. Oh, so there's like a long contract when you're in the military. It can be. So I was stationed on Nap- in Naples, Italy back in 2013, 14, before I went to San Diego. And um, I was, I became a lab tech. So I worked in a lab and there's not that many lab techs in the military. Mm -hmm. So when it's time for you to re-enlist, like your contract's done and it's time to re-enlist, they, if you serve, if you sign up for like four, six or eight years, they'll give you something called a sign up, a sign on bonus or like a bonus. Got it. I I think it's called a SRB if I remember correctly. And they hit me with like 30 grand. They're like, hey, you sign up for six years, you get a (laughs) $30,000 paycheck. I'm like, dude, as a 24 year old kid, I'm like, heck yeah. yeah. So I did it. And immediately went to San Diego, went on to deployment. I'm like, oh, crap, I don't want to do this for 20 years. Wow. So I was stuck with my contract. That must have been a scary moment because what happens if you break it early? Like, is there a penalty or something? Well, I I mean, it's really frowned upon. You could potentially get dishonorably discharged. You know, there's a lot of bad things that can happen. And I got to tell you, when I started my business in the Navy, my superiors didn't really like that. So they actually tried to put me up for captain's mask i had to go see the big man really yeah there was like this whole thing so 
I think when I was in the military back then, active duty entrepreneur was probably a new thing. Mm. They didn't have official paperwork or how to treat these military people that wanted to be entrepreneurs or have businesses on the outside. So whenever they found out I had a business, they tried to tell me to stop. And I was like, no, I'm not stopping. And then they were like, hey, route this paperwork and get approval. So it's I routed something called a moonlighting chip. Mm-hmm. And on the moonlighting chip, it says you sign in two spots, employer and employee. So I signed on both spots. <laughs> it's my company, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I routed that up and they're like, hey, you submitted the wrong paperwork. Like, what's wrong with him? Is he messing with us? Like, why is he being, like, he's trying to <laughs> be, an, be an a-hole. I'm like, no, this is the paperwork. So they didn't like that. They put me up, uh, I, you know, in front of a board of chiefs and kind of, you know, made me feel like crap for like two hours wow. at attention, like kind of like in a room like this. And then they put me up to the XO and that's right before the CEO. And the XO was like, hey, the UCMJ and our military instructions doesn't have any official way to treat active duty entrepreneurs. And the paperwork you had this sailor submit um, is not is not accurate. Mm. So I'm going to have to dismiss this case. And he said, HM1, which was my rank, HM1, you're dismissed. And I did an about face and walked out. And oh my gosh, my chiefs, my superiors that were standing in that room, they just were so, they felt so defeated and pissed. <laughs> so after that, they couldn't mess with me. I just did my time in. I finished out the best I could. I got an honorable discharge and you know, here we, here I am. So. Wow. It's crazy to see that sort of jealousy and it's from <clears throat> your fellow comrades as well. It must have really hurt you at the time. Well, you know, when you're in E6, the big push next is to go to E7, especially in Navy, a chief. Yeah. That's like a big deal. So they all wanted me, they were all chiefs. They were like, that's, that's the thing that you do. Like you don't get out as an E6 10 years in mm-hmm. and like start a company. Like, are you crazy? So they just wanted me, it's kind of like a Kool-Aid thing. And look, we need our military. We need, you know, our armed fars a hundred percent, dude. I, there's, I miss being in the military. There's things I love about it, but there's also things I don't like about it. It's not for everyone, but we certainly need it, to, obviously, to protect our country. But it's just when you're in, it's like anything political, you know. They, they want you to drink their Kool-Aid and be a part of their, you know, their mafia, so to, so to speak. Right. In a sense. Yeah. Right? And I just wasn't about that. I wanted to do my own thing. So. Yeah. Now you're even helping fellow military vets as well, right, with the yeah. transition. Yeah, man. So you know, I got into that. So I started my agency. I started doing SEO. The SEO actually turned out to not be such a good idea because the way the person I was learning it from was teaching me black hat techniques. (laughs) So I woke up one day and Google had released this algorithm update called the penguin. Yeah. And, uh, 20 clients disappeared from page one of Google. Damn. So my SEO, my 50 grand or whatever I was making literally disappeared overnight. Yeah. That's forced me to get into paid ads via Facebook ads right. and Google search ads. So I was able to rebuild my agency back up. And while I was still in the Navy, I just remember the first coaching client that I ever got was a master chief. So this is E9, really high ranking individual. He comes up to me in the hospital and he's like, hey, HM1, Doherty. Doherty's my, my name is Douglas James. My actual last name is Doherty. James is my middle name. I use Douglas James and trademarked it because it's way easier to <laughs> introduce myself as. But he comes up to me as HM1 Doherty. I heard about you. You know, I'm 20, I'm 45 years old. I've been in the Navy for 25 years. I'm getting out of the military next month, and I don't want to sit in a classroom full of 19-year-olds. Will you teach me what you do? And by the way, I'm willing to pay you for your time. Mm. So this is the first time everyone, anyone's ever come up to me and said, hey, I'm willing to pay you for what you know. Right. And I was like, I can make this a business. So that's immediately... When I got into coaching, I started working with a ton of veterans at that point. Yeah, now you've, you're doing 30 million year coaching, right? Which is insane. Yeah. So talk to me about the evolution of that. Year one, was it profitable and how did it scale from there? Yeah, so it started with me basically working with 
you know, veterans one-on-one, showing them how to build the systems, how to prospect, go out there, get the client, fulfill for the client, and scale the campaigns, manage the campaigns, all the things that comes with basically having an advertising agency. That's what I was teaching them how to do one-on-one. Then I was like, I need to get some of my time back because this is like a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm still serving active duty, mind you. So I created a course and I went home and I just was like, let me just document this process A to Z. So I filmed a bunch of videos and I uploaded them to Dropbox and then I just started charging 900 bucks for it. Mm. It was like the crappiest like (laughs) setup, dude. It was just in Dropbox. It wasn't in like a membership site or anything that we have today. But uh, started selling it, man, and it was selling like hotcakes, and people were getting results, and then people started to get on video with me and tell me about the clients and the money they're wow. landing. I'm like, wow, this is great. And as time went on, they were like, hey, man, we want more access to you. And I was like, oh, I kind of got out of the one-on-one, but like, let's set up like an online college where I bring in a couple coaches, and you guys get a class a week for like, I don't know, eight weeks, and we'll just walk through the curriculum with you, and you build it as you go, kind of right. like an accelerated you can sign up for um, college, you know, online college, take an accelerated class, and it's like eight weeks long, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Let me do it like that. So I did that, and it was a banger. People loved it. You know, it's my elite program. And then they're like, hey, we want more access. I was like, what more do you want? <laughs> they're like, we want you to do it for us. Done for you. Done for you. So that's when I rolled out. I went from the done with you to the done for you, which is my VIP currently. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? Well, click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below, and here's the episode, guys. And um, basically, uh, people work with veterans, entrepreneurs, anyone who really wants to start a business, and especially in the lead gen marketing space, um, they work with our team for 90 days. Mm-hmm. We build all the campaigns and, and assets for them and run it for them. Uh, to help them get their first clients. Wow. And then from there, we went to a, um, they're like, hey, we want to see you in person. I'm like, fuck, I'm never, I'm never going to get out of this now. Yeah. So cool. I took my VIP and all I did was added a two-day workshop on the front end where they come work with me and my team for two days. And we, it's an accelerated process. We build all their ads, shoot all their VSLs, all that good stuff. They come to the penthouse, we hang out, wine and dine them, have a really great time, build connection. Mm-hmm. And still work with them for ninety days. So those packages go from anywhere from four grand to currently fifty grand. Nice, that's incredible, man. Yeah. And from there, you got into the AI trading, right? I want to dive into that and how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you know, for me, I've always been kind of like the marketing sales guru kind of guy. Um, really got proficient at media buying and, and, and YouTube ads, and and I understand that world really well. But um, I've started to kind of make a transition in my career and, and with my brand. More so in like wealth advisory because um, for me, I'm helping people make money. They're making more money with me than they ever made, right? right. Um, and they're, okay, like what's next, right? Well, what if you, what if you can invest it into it? So I'd, I would always refer out like, hey, go talk to this real estate syndication. Go talk to this guy that has this trading thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Let me learn this game because I was already investing into stocks, crypto, and a whole bunch of stuff. Right. So um, I end up... Uh, meeting a man by the name of uh, Howard Getson. He was the CEO of an AI company for 33 years. Damn, it's yeah. been around that long? It's been around that long, dude. Like 15 years ago, you walk into any airport and there's facial recognition software that knows who you are within 10 seconds. Really? Yeah. I so, thought casinos did that. I didn't know airports did that. Too. Absolutely, dude. Security, right? So everyone, I think in the last year or two, right, we're f***ing out about ChatGPT and all that. And it's yeah. amazing technology. It's the first time that it's in our hands. But the government, I mean, putting people on the moon, like, 
did that happen? Did it? I don't know. But, <laughs> right? That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other conversation. But anyway, um, yeah, AI has been around for a very long time. So he sold his first uh, uh, company for, I think, north of nine figures. Wow. And um, I partnered with him along with other people that have uh, uh, bought units of his company. And we've raised uh, over $40 million investing into an AI autonomous algorithm mm. that um, fully trades commodities. Wow. So that's your oil, soybean, bales of hay, like all the stuff that's like never going to go away. That's what we trade. And um, I went through the process of uh, uh, getting licensed and all that but as a commodity pool operator as well. Nice. So um, I'm going to be kind of transitioning my brand more so in that. And what he's been able to do with it, it's uh, 10 years of data. Mm-hmm. The first six years is something called synthetic data where he basically mimics the market and makes trades as if it's real, but it's it's real uh, live um, data that he's working with, but he's not using real money. Got it, so but, it's like paper money. Exactly, basically. Um, but it's consistently gotten at least 27% or more a year. And as time goes on, it gets better and better and better. So I've, oh, the last few years, he's traded millions of dollars on it, Yeah, and it's been successful every time. So now, the, now the fund is going public, and... Um, that's what I'm currently raising for now. Yeah. So the way the company is positioned, really, we have a holding company at the top, and then it has three arms from there. It's got the fund that I just explained to you, but the other two arms is we're working with um, entrepreneurs, business owners, people that have big companies, mm-hmm. and we're just coming in and building AI for them to create more efficiency, mm. right? So the company we're working with right now, it's a media company, they actually let go 40% of their staff and in, and move their margin from 25% to 70%. Wow. Just by using the AI. And I'm not talking about, we have a staff of 20 PhDs, quant scientists, data yeah, analysts, yeah. those types. So these guys aren't like, you know, using ChatGPT or MidJourney. They're creating AI to come in and create this efficiency. And what we're doing in that arm is we're really trying to get them in better position for a bigger exit. Mm. And obviously we take share in that. So whatever AI we build, the third arm is the patents. So we own the patents as well. So if the company sells, goes away or whatever, we still own the patents and can spin the company up again Brilliant. and sell it again. So that's how the company's positioned right now. So currently I'm raising for the uh, the holding company and then also uh, for the fund. Yeah, as well. that's so cool. 27% a year is unheard of, honestly. That's incredible results. I mean, if you put in 100K, that's 27K a year. Yeah. It's really exactly. cool to and see it gets you achieve be- that. It gets better every year too. Wow. Um, also blockchain web three, you're doing some cool stuff there too, right? Yeah. So, um, me and my partner, um, uh, Nick Peterson. So we have a company that basically, we, it has a few different arms. One of them, we have the guardian Academy. So if anyone is like, what is crypto? What is blockchain? What is web three? What are all these things? We have an entire Academy that walks them through, um, how to basically show up as, uh, not as an a-hole. Cause most people that get into <laughs> blockchain and crypto, they just want to buy like a moonshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me put in a hundred bucks and be a millionaire overnight. It's like, no, there's different ways to show up and behavior and trade, um, using, uh, different techniques. So in the guardian Academy, we actually teach people how to, uh, understand and read blockchain, read contracts, things of that nature. Mm. And we actually give them really great mindset, personal development training, uh, to make more intelligent decisions that are, are not impulsive. Cause when, when someone sees a green candle, right, you want to put all your money in there and then boom, the people that are already in there sells and you become exit liquidity. Yeah. Right. So it's all about timing the market correctly. And we talk a lot about that in there. The other arm is the technology web three company. And what we're doing is 
we are bringing on uh, real world assets, real estate syndication funds, concerts, things of that nature. We just uh, we actually uh, just required ownership in, a, in this other company that acquired uh, Taylor Swift and Kanye West. Wow. And so, yeah, so future concerts that they do, our company and found Guard Foundation in the Garden Academy will be building and managing all those NFTs. Wow. Their concerts coming up. That's incredible. Yeah. So mass, we're doing massive stuff on that end. And, uh, I mean, Web3, I mean, this is the direction we're going. We all know the, the financial system is mm-hmm. – you know, changing banks and all that inflation. So um, it's a great time to be positioned there. Absolutely. You talked about mindset earlier. I want to dive into that. I feel like that's an underrated part of people's success. What uh, development have you done in terms of mindset? Yeah, for me, um, you know, when I first started doing all this, when I got into business, you know, obviously serving the Navy, I was very much drinking the Kool-Aid, right? So um, I was fortunate enough to realize what a leader, what a strong leader is and what a strong mentor is early on. And Mm -hmm. those people were active duty individuals right so when i made the transition to being a business owner or entrepreneur starting my agency or whatever i started to look around well who are the people are in that industry that i can potentially learn from so i started to look up to people that you probably heard of like grant cardone robert kiyosaki mm-hmm. you know these guys re- reading rich dad poor dad you know sell or be sold i read all these guys books and i'm like wow they're speaking my language so i started to realize there is a world out there, not just in the military. So in any, any industry that you're in, there's people that are doing what you want to do. Right. Right. And probably way more than you could ever dream. Right. So it's best for you to get closer to them. Right. So I started to get really close to a lot of these guys that we probably know. Right. And, um, it was one of the, one of my main mentors that I talk to every week, his name is, uh, Dr. Jeff Spencer. So Dr. Jeff Spencer is a gold Olympian. Um, he was a bicyclist and he's also trained 40 gold Olympians. Wow. So he's worked with people like Lance Armstrong. He, he was there through all nine Tour de France's. They, mm. they won eight of them. You know, Jim Quick, Richard Branson, probably a lot of people that you're aware. He even went to Nike and Hitachi and coached their entire executive suite. So, wow. So th- this guy's like super legit, and I was very fortunate to have met him. And he's really low-key, um, a really low-key guy. I work with Tiger Woods as well. But um, he taught me the difference between the champion mind and the human mind. There's two different minds, right? One is geared for a repeat winner, right? And the other one is geared towards a one-act winner, mm. mediocrity, right? So what I've been able to learn from him is like I've, I've always been more calibrated to win and be competitive. Like mm-hmm. I'm calibrated for gold. Like I don't silver, bronze, like no. What's the, <laughs> what's the point, right? Yeah. What's the point? I mean, you're up there. You're like, yeah, but like no, I didn't, I didn't win, you know? So he's taught me some principles that I implement every day and uh one of the, a couple of the most important things i think most people when they're starting a business or getting a bunch of tasks done they have like this huge list of stuff yeah you could have a hundred things on a list you got to knock out and people get stressed out they're like oh my gosh i'm never going to get all this stuff done so just focus on the one or two things that matter right like if you got to make a hundred calls that day the first thing you got to do is pick up the phone so why are you worried about the hundred calls when you haven't picked up the phone yet right you know so you just keep knocking one thing over and over again and uh that for me has worked you know complete wonders and um it's really given me a clairvoyance to actually see what's coming because he talks about how life there's minefields everywhere you're in life you're walking through a minefield there's mines everywhere on the ground right Mm -hmm. and if he says the the point is to get through life and minimize the scars he doesn't say no scars he's because you are going to make mistakes because we're humans right Mm -hmm. but if you can get through life and avoid the minefields and limit the amount of scars you get the better off you 
you're going to be. And the only way you can do that is do the work and actually work on yourself and work on self-awareness. And I think self-awareness, self-mastery is probably the biggest gift that you can give yourself that I think most people don't work on. Yeah. They just expect things, you know, everything come to me. They have this victim mindset. You ever heard of the Cartman's Triangle? No, what is that? So the Cartman's Triangle, basically you have the victim, you got the savior, and you got the persecutor, the villain, Mm. right? So somebody says, poor me, I'm the villain. You know, they stole from me, they scammed me, they whatever, right? And some in some cases, it's like, okay, it's pretty legit. But most cases, 99% of the time, people have this victim mentality where they don't want to take accountability, don't take, don't want to take ownership of their stuff. Right. And so here comes the savior. They're like, oh, you're down and hurt and out. I can come save you, right? So they team up, the savior and the villain team up, and they go after the villain. Now, the person that could really break this is the savior. The savior also doesn't have their together, basically, mm. right? So they're looking, they, they want to partner with the villain. I'm sorry, they want to partner with the victim because they don't want to work on their own stuff. The savior does? Right. Got it. So they partner with the victim. They go after persecutor. So the best, the best way to break that triangle is just to be accountable and just own your stuff. So I've seen so many people, you know, point a finger. It's like looking through, uh, looking at a mirror versus looking through a window. Right. Like, it's so easy to point the finger, look through the window and say it's their fault. Instead of saying, look, let me look at myself in the mirror. Let me look at my behavior and modify let me try to modify my own behavior. So these are a lot of things that I've personally worked on in the last two, three years Mm -hmm. that really allowed me to show up and actually build a culture in my companies um, for success. Same, dude. Last year or two for me, I had a victim mentality for 25 years, honestly, Mm -hmm. and it was terrible. And you just get so used to it that you don't even know you have it. Yeah. And I, uh, I saw my parents have it, and it's, yeah, it's a vicious cycle. It's it's tough to break. You really got to dive into self-mastery and self-awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to close off with the charity and real estate stuff you're doing. You said you're building schools. You're doing some charity work. What are you doing there? Yeah, man. So two of the main organizations that I'm part of, one is called Pencils of Promise. So basically every 25 grand that we raise, we build a school in Mexico for kids. And that really stemmed from my deployment to the Pacific, man, seeing those kids in the Philippines. I was like, that's what I want to do. Mm. You know, um, so working with kids, building schools, is it's just an amazing thing. We're helping the next generation come up. I love it. Right. And the other organization, because I work with so many veterans and I'm a veteran myself, um, RIP Medical is the name of the charity. Every $1 we raise eradicates $10 in military veteran debt. And what's, what, wh- why that exists is because when you come out of the military, I was just talking to your buddy actually right out there that was uh, in the Army, and um, they don't know the process to go through to get disability. Like mm. if you serve your country, you probably, maybe, you probably deployed – you ran a physical fitness test twice, you know, a year, you were probably asked to do a lot of strenuous things mentally, physically, right? So that messes with your body, yeah. right? So when you're transitioning out of the military, you're supposed to go through all these medical appointments and tell all these professionals what's wrong with you, right? And most people don't make the appointments. They just, once they get their date, like I'm getting out of the military, they don't even think about trying to go for a disability. So, um, I went through that process for me personally, and I actually had a mentor that showed me what I needed to do because I went and presented like these things are legitimately wrong with me. I'm not like, not crazy or completely disabled. But <laughs> these are like small little things that kind of like added up, like my knee, my back, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I did deploy a little bit of PTSD that I had to actually go through trauma therapy to kind of get over, which I'm great now, right? Right. But um, 
I mean, who doesn't have a, you know, I think we all have trauma, PTSD from something that happened in life, right? So you got to work on that stuff, definitely from childhood stuff. But uh, yeah, I end up getting 100%. You know, most people don't know that. Wow. And, uh, you know, what happens is these veterans get out the military. They don't go through that process or have a mentor to show them how to go through that process. Mm -hmm. And they get out and they have, they're jacked up. They have Mm -hmm. all these problems. They need therapy. They need, you know, surgery. So they go get medical coverage. They're racking up all these bills. The VA is not paying for it. And um, the RIP Medical basically just helps them pay for all that debt. Wow. You know, so every $1, $10 eradicated. Amazing. So I love those. Those are two main ones that I'm a part of. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks so much for your service, man. Anything you want to close off with? Just do the right thing, brother. Always do <laughs> the right thing. So I'll, I'll tell you guys this. If you want to learn more a little bit about me and what I have to offer the world, um, just look me on, a, on up on Instagram. It's at the underscore Douglas James. Um, if you want to learn more, I guess, about like lead generation space, how to start uh, your lead gen business online, you could go to the, the VIPagency.net and uh, look forward to seeing you and working with you. Perfect. We'll link it in the video. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Thanks for watching, guys, as always, and I'll see you next time.